I'm going to start off this morning with reading in Psalms. Um, Psalms are always a good place to go to feel the heart of God as we draw near to Him, as we seek Him, as we adore Him, as He adores us. To work and seek Him out. To do as He asks us to do, and that's to follow me. Come to me, He says. Psalms 40, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on the solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. Oh, the joys of those who trust the Lord, who have no confidence in the proud or in those who worship idols. Oh, my God, you have performed many wonders for us. Your plans for us are too numerous to list. You have no equal. If I tried to recite all your wonderful deeds, I would never come to the end of them. You take no delight in sacrifices or offerings now that you have made me listen. I finally understand. You don't require burnt offerings or sin offerings. Then I said, look, I have come. As it is written about me in the scriptures, I take joy in doing your will, my God, for your instructions are written on my heart. As we begin this morning... We look at the heart, the heart of every man, woman, and child. Christ says he has put his word in that heart. This word instructs us how to take the word of the world out and put this world in. It's a change. It's a new birth. It's a newness in Christ that he gives us through the Holy Spirit that guides us, leads us, directs us in the will of God. It's personal. It's up close. No one can do it for you because it's between you and God. It's between me and God. As a group, As a member of the body of Christ, we do it together to encourage one another. To build a fire under one another, as the scripture says. To encourage us to move out of that comfort zone and be reckless for God. To seek him out, to do his will, to understand him, and to glorify his name. To die to myself, to die to my pride, to die to these things that hold me back. As we get into Hebrews this morning, we will see these things coming out and what the Lord says will happen, good and bad. Let's open in a word of prayer. Precious God and Heavenly Father, Lord, as we dive into your word this morning, as we seek it out, As we seek the truth, Father, 
we know that that truth will set us free. That truth sometimes is painful, Lord. But as we work through the pain, we see the light. Jesus Christ, our Savior. Lord, we, we, we pray for those this morning who are hurting spiritually, physically, all these things that might hold us back from truly following you, from truly listening, from truly hearing your word. As we get into this passage this morning, Father, may the Holy Spirit get us out of the way. Open our hearts that each one of us would listen, hear, and do your word. Father, we praise you. We thank you in Jesus' precious, loving, holy name. Amen. little recap. We bring Hebrews 13, 8, and 9 clear through because this, it's the whole picture of what Hebrews is about. That's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Not just part-time, not just once in a while, but always. Always doing the will of God. Jesus never once walked on this earth and said, this is of me. It says, it's, I do the will of the Father. And that's what we need to look in this scripture about. Are we doing the will of the Father? Are we following? Are we truly coming to Him in that desire to please Him, to worship Him? And Jesus said to follow every word that I've given you. So as scripture starts out, it says He's everything. He's the all. What we see in ourselves is a decline, a decline in faith, love, commitment, and the list could be this long. But we could put one thing in there. We decline in our walk with Christ. We start veering off onto that wide path for whatever it is, pride, misconception, whatever it might be, we start going this way, and Christ says, we want to look this way. And he says that path is narrow. But he says that wide path, that pretty path, that's the path to destruction. To destruction. So we want to keep our eyes focused on Christ. And the way to do that is walk with Christ. Walk every day with Him. Wake up in the morning with Christ at the forefront. Die to yourself and follow Christ. Hebrews was written many years ago. And a lot of times we go, well, Hebrews was written to this particular people. Hebrews was written to me. Hebrews was written to me. That my heart 
might stay focused on the Lord Jesus Christ and him alone. Because waywardness can just put us to the backside. Going to that wide path. You know, uh, we tend to focus sometimes as, as, as this book being just a big story book. This book is a letter written to you and me by the hand of God. So when we look at the disciples or we look at this group that this letter was written to originally, we go, look at them. But when I open this word, I say, look at me. Look at me. It's got to be personal. It's got to be one of those things that's totally personal between me and God. Because if we look to our neighbor to do it, it isn't going to work. If we look to the pastor, the teacher, maybe your friend, it doesn't work. It's got to be Christ and the Holy Spirit changing every situation that comes by. Trials, tribulations, whatever it may be, it's only through Christ. Last week, Pastor Brian talked about distractions. How easy it is for us to get distracted. Matthew 14.30 reads, But when he, Peter, saw the strong wind and waves, he was terrified and began to sink. What does the strong winds and tides look like in our life? What are you looking at that you become afraid and you start to sink? What's sinking you and I? These are questions that the heart has to ask God and say, what's sinking me, Lord? What's sinking me? I give it to you. I give it to you. If I don't, then I'm hanging on to it. And James says that distraction will put me on that path. The world's full of distractions. It's a place where we look at and everywhere we look. We can walk out of here this morning after listening to the Holy Spirit speak to us and we can get distracted. If we let these distractions get to us, then he says, we can't rest. And that's what this passage is about, the rest. So as we, we look at this, we look at all the things, the, the fear, worry, anger, uncertainty. But Jesus said in John sixteen thirty three, I have told you all of this that, so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you have many trials and sorrow. But take heart, 
because I have overcome the world. Have you let Jesus Christ overtake the world in your life? Or are you letting it weigh you down? If you haven't let Jesus Christ take that burden, take that off of your shoulders, we will always be distracted. And when we're distracted, Satan wins. He has no power until we give it to him. He has no power until we hand it over to him. And guess what? He is more than willing to take charge of your life. But there's one who says, I have overcome Satan. I have overcome the world. And he will take hold of your life. And he will guide it in that precious eternity of love that he has for each one of us. That's the Christ we know. That's the Christ supreme right there. Hebrews 4, 1 through 13. It, it, it's just a passage that is, is going to be... It, it, it should grab us. Just... just right in the center of everything. Just, just right in the, the core of us. To wake us up. To enlighten us. To center us. To be all of those things in us that Christ can be. So as we read it today, it's going to be a promise and it's going to be a warning. The promise is Christ. The warning is destruction. Hebrews 4, 1 through 13. God's, promising of, God's promise of entering his rest still stands, so we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fall to experience, fail to experience it. For this good news that God has prepared his rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it did to them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. For only we who believe can enter his rest. As for the others, God said, in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. Even though this rest has been ready since he made the world, we know it is ready because of the place in Scripture where it mentions the seventh day. On the seventh day, God rested from his work. But in the other passage, God said, they will never enter my place of rest. So God's rest is there for people to enter. But those who first heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. So God set another time for entering his rest, and that time is today. God announced this through David much later in the words already quoted. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Now, if Joshua would have succeeded in giving them this rest, 
God would not have spoken about another day of rest still to come. So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fall. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. He is the one to whom we are accountable. So this God, the promise, John 1.14, so the world, the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son, again, Jesus Christ. John 14.6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Matthew 28, 18 says Christ is all authority. Philippians 2, 10, every knee will bow. You see, Jesus Christ, even in his meekness, even in his servanthood, was everything. Revelation eleven fifteen, he will reign forever. Colossians 2, 9 and 10. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in human body, so you also are complete through your union with Christ. So Christ is everything. He is the rest. He is the everlasting. He's the all. Do we make him the all in our life? Do we make him the everything? Do we give him all the glory? Or are we still a bit distracted, heading off in this direction? You know, there's no greater promise than that promise right there when Christ says, come to me. And all that glory comes right down. You know, there's scripture after scripture after scripture that tells it about the characteristics and the attributes of God. But it doesn't do us any good if we don't get into the Word. We have to be in this. We can't just read it through. We can't just go to one verse. We have to look at it. We have to inhale it. We have to inhale the breath of God in us to bring it right here. You know, we only get the truth of the word. You know, I, I could stand up here and 
after weeks of practice and lists of great sayings. But I can never talk to you like the Word of God does. Never. This is what speaks. You know, one pastor said that that a Sunday morning, whether it be a class or whether it be a message time, is like walking into a room full of babies and squirting milk over them and say, I just fed the babies. How does that work? No. Right here's the true verb. We have to be in this day in and day out. Not skimming over it. Not looking for that passage that makes me feel good. Because I can go in here and I can just turn to those scriptures day in and day out. And never see the truth. Because I've looked for that scripture that only says, God loves me. God loves me no matter where I'm at, no matter what I'm doing. Now God loves us. And he loves us unconditionally. But he also said, when you come to me, you will be changed. You will be a new person in Christ. But that new person will show. Because the word will live itself out. Acts 17.11 Paul and Silas are preaching in Acts. And it says, the people, in Acts 17, 11, they searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. Are we, are we seeking the truth? Are we seeking the true desires of, of God's heart? Or are we seeking that one thing that just makes me feel good? You know, the best scripture I ever read sometimes is when I feel that little stab right there going, yeah, that's, that's me. That's me. I've got to give whatever that is to Christ. I've got to let him take hold of it. And sometimes he has to literally rip it out of me. Just tear it out. And yet, you don't go to a doctor. And the doctor says, I have to operate on you. The doctor has to hurt you to heal you. And sometimes, especially in my life, I know that God's got to hurt me to heal me. Because why? You know, some people say that being a Christian is hard. Following Christ isn't hard. Letting go of me is. Letting go of me is. That's the hard part. Because I don't want to. So we've got to get to the meat of the word. We've got to get to the truth. And we've got to let it indwell us. We've got to let it come inside of us. We've got to let it do its thing all the time. We will look different, we will feel different, we will talk different. If we do not 
then that's a sign in itself that possibly we haven't sought out the truth. Seek the truth. Seek that everlasting truth that God gives to us because Jesus Christ is everything. Our disobedience, as we've seen in here, our disobedience. Uh, even though God's given us this rest, we started with Adam and Eve. They disobeyed. Simple little thing it seemed, but look what, look what it did to the world. Disobedience. God gives us rest. We push it aside for our own desires. Uh, James 1.14 says, Temptation comes from our own selfish desires. Those things that we want. You know, here again, we like to say, Satan made me do this. I love the the devil because it's his fault. I am still doing really good. But he, it's his fault. Well, ultimately, somewhere down the line, it's interesting even with Adam and Eve. You know, the old blame game just went on and on. You know, and, and it got to one point, and I heard this pastor say the other day, and, and, and he said, well, then Adam, he blamed Eve. But that's not what Adam said. He blamed God. He said, God, it's this woman's fault, the woman that you gave me. I can do that all day. Hey, it's the church, it's the pastor, it's the world, it's the wife, it's the husband, it's the kids, it's the news. No. i got to look right here. We started out with that personal, up-close relationship with Christ. That's the hard part, getting rid of my desires. Pushing them to the side, and then God can burn them up, get rid of them. But if I want to cling to them, God says the door is always open. I want God to reach out and grab me and drag me through, but he won't. He's just going, come to me. Come to me. You know, uh, usually an invitation is given at the end of the message. I invite you today, if you don't know this Christ this rest talk to somebody get with somebody you know it's always out there um, sometimes it's hard it's, it's hard to um, really let go sometimes sometimes it's pride fear all of these things that we just talked about will hold us back from actually taking hold of the greatest thing that will ever happen in our lives, and that's Jesus Christ. So, don't let it hold you back. 
If you've not confessed that you're a sinner and you need Christ as a Savior, today, just like the Scripture said, today is the day. Today's the only day to do it. Then he can truly give you rest. So that's the new person, the new believer. And yet, this also touches on me as a long-time believer. And it especially points at me because guess what? I know the truth. See, when we don't know the truth, we inadvertently hang on to it. Those selfish desires, those things in our lives. But when we know the truth and we still cling to them, God says, that's unbelief. That's disobedience. If I don't know God, I may not know any better. But if I know him, and as we get further in Hebrews, we'll see what happens when we know him and we reject him. We don't want to reject Christ our Savior. If you haven't trusted Christ, today's the day. If you have trusted Christ and you're not following, today's the day. Today's the day. Enter that rest. That blessed, blessed rest. You know, Christ's rest is, is just, there's nothing like it. So many people say, well, I rested on Sunday from my week's work. But Christ says, rest in me with everything, here and here. Listen and do the word of Christ. Give it all to him. As we, as we look at Scripture, we, we know that man, in any of our forms, whether it be the Sealy mattress, whether it be that wonderful couch or easy chair, man can't give us rest, but God can. That's the true rest. That's the rest that literally we can live on and never get tired of. It's always the thirst, the desire to please Christ. You know, Christ shed his blood that we might have that rest. I, my hope and desire is that you understand Scripture enough to know the sacrifice that Jesus gave for each one of us. Jesus Christ left his perfect home in heaven to come here to save this wretch. To save this wretch. And he did it willingly and wantingly to save me. To give me everything in life and life eternal forever. That's the rest 
That's the desire. Revelation 3.8, I know all the things you do. I have opened a door for you that no one can close. Man can't close these doors. Satan can't close these doors. You have little strength, yet you obeyed my word and did not deny me. You know, sometimes we, we look at these things and, and we go, well, I would never deny Christ. In our walk, if we're not walking with Christ every day, we're denying him. That doesn't mean your prayers, your Bible reading, your devotionals. All of those things are extremely important, but it's also that hourly minute walk with Christ. Is every step you take directed by God? Or have you taken those steps and you say, no, I can handle this? You know, every time I say I can handle this, <laughs> Lord, I got this one, buddy. You don't have to do this. I stumble every time. And sometimes I not only stumble, I fall and I fall hard. You know, it, it's just amazing that God is just so full of that desire that when we do fall, if we turn to him, he'll reach down and pick us up. He'll grab our hands and lift us up. The, the song this morning, you know, that hand reaching down is such a sight that we should never let go of. But guys, as this said, we can't continually walk on our own, move forward on our own. Christ is always there beckoning. His hand is always there. But guess what? We have to grab it. Pastor Brian last week talked about the birdcage. They opened the doors. Some flew out. They had that freedom. But just like the Israelites, they said, send us back to captivity. I don't want to go back to where I was. I've seen that life. Once in a while, I feel it today. Something else will pop up in my life, and I'm going, I don't want that again in my life. Christ has set me free. Christ is the answer. Christ is the all. Christ is that living word in me. Jeremiah 29, 12 and 13. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. God says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Are we drawing near to Christ today? Are we truly seeking and desiring that fellowship with God and God alone? Are you letting the Holy Spirit guide your life today? 
or are we just using this as a story? can't be a storybook. It's got to be a letter from God to me. I'm going to go back and finish that Psalms passage. I'm going to start in verse 9 of Psalms 40. I have told all your people about your justice. I have not been afraid to speak out, as you, O Lord, well know. I have not kept the good news of your justice hidden in my heart. I have talked about your faithfulness and saving power. I have told everyone in the great assembly of your own unfailing love and faithfulness. Lord, don't hold back your tender mercies from me. Let your unfailing love and faithfulness always protect me. For troubles surround me, too many to count. My sins pile up so high, I can't see my way out. They outnumber the hairs on my head. I have lost all courage. Please, Lord, rescue me. Come quickly, Lord, and help me. May those who try to destroy me be humiliated and put to shame. May those who take delight in my trouble be turned back in disgrace. Let them be horrified by their shame, for they said, Ah, we've got him now. But may all who search for you be filled with joy and gladness in you. May those who love your salvation repeatedly shout, The Lord is great. The Lord is great. As for me, since I am poor and needy, let the Lord keep me in his thoughts. You are my helper and my savior. Oh, my God, do not delay. Do not delay. We find God always at hand. But as Hebrews says, we disobey, we turn, we fear, we struggle. We do all of these things to just keep us that far away from God. And yet at the same time, sometimes our mouths say, I'm walking with God. But our feet are going the other way. We want to keep our feet on that straight and narrow path. The true rest, the true understanding is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and Him alone. That's the rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. The burden I give you is light. John 1, 1 through 4. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. 
God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Is the light of Christ in you today? Is the light of Christ in me? We have to ask. We have to know. Because we will be different. We'll, we, we'll be totally dependent on Christ and Christ alone. Romans 12, 1 through 5. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God because of all of He's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God is giving us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Encourage one another, pray with one another, guide each other, correct love. Be committed to each other. Be committed to Christ. He will bring us arm in arm in that true discipleship. That means Christ is our Savior. As the Holy Spirit spoke to us this morning, search your hearts. Are you increasing or decreasing? Are you following the narrow path? Folks, you can't have a foot in one and a foot in the other. It doesn't work that way. Christ says you're either for me or against me. Make it a habit today to be with Christ. Follow Him, love Him, adore Him, worship Him. Do not become stale in Christ. Do not become stale in Christ. It does not bode well for us. Keep Christ the number one. Top of the list. Die to myself and become one with the Holy Savior, Jesus Christ. I just want to share something that Pastor just said, and I feel like it's confirmation, not just for me, but for the body. Um, not to go into all the details, but a metaphor that we saw earlier in prayer. And I think Pastor just confirmed it when he said stale. Saw in a sense this what happens when you open a bag of chips or a tube of crackers? It absorbs everything and 
atmosphere around you. And since that would be the world, when that is open, it becomes stale. It becomes changed and different. Not for the integrity that it was created for, for consumption, this perfect ingredients put together. But when it's open too long, let's say this atmosphere is the world, and you are the bag of chips. I know it's kind of a interesting concept, but when it's open too long and it absorbs too much of the world, it can't find the rest. And it becomes stale and changed. And so I think that invitation is just there. That the Holy Spirit is saying, close the bag. Close up the doors and enter into the rest. Everything you said, Pastor, I just wanted to not add to it, but conclude it in a way that the Holy Spirit is saying, walk out the world. Close yourselves up. Get into a place in worship. Get into a place in the Word where you can be refreshed. Usually at the end, I come up here and I say, I want you to bow your heads and, and get personal with Jesus Christ. I don't care if you bow your head if you look at me or you look to heaven. I just want that prayer to be to Jesus Christ and Him as Lord and Savior of every life in here. Because He is the seer of all things. There is nothing hidden from Jesus Christ. Not one thing. No matter where I go, as David said, you are there. The Holy Spirit's always with us. The Holy Spirit is always comforting guiding he also corrects me so as you pray this morning as you pray this afternoon and in the morning keep Jesus Christ as the number one thing as I said at the beginning Holy Spirit get me out of the way because I am troubled but the Holy Spirit Jesus Christ is the life-giving power of all things. If you don't have a life in Jesus Christ, we're lacking. We're lacking. Trust Him. Walk with Him. Confess to Him hard sometimes to look at God and even God knows and say God I'm a sinner I need you I need all of you I have sinned against you and you alone so I want you to just take a minute just reflect just understand that Jesus Christ knows your heart but He knows it better than you do. So pray to Him that if there's something hidden in there, get it out. Let your life reflect that peace and joy of Jesus Christ. Because He is the way, the truth, and the life. Father God, Jesus, Savior, Holy Spirit, as we bow before you this morning, 
trust you as we confess. Lord, may we repent and be truly on our faith before you. The Lord God Almighty, may we be obedient. May we be reverent to know that you are truly God. Lord, don't let the world creep in on us this week. But let us look to you. Lots of things going on around, but you know every one of them. May we look to you for that rest. And know that even if the mountains crumble and the sea overwhelms us, you are God and you are forever. Lord, we praise you. We thank you. May your Lordship reign forever. In Jesus' precious, loving holy name we pray. Amen.